0: so um i'm gonna be totally honest with you uh chris and with our listeners i only watched like 10 episodes of this show that's about all i could do
1: yeah so i i am not going to lie either because i did not watch a whole ton of the show but i think i today uh after today at least i think i've powered through about 20
0: Okay, so it, yeah, I mean, you don't need that many of this show. This show, which is Animaniacs.
1: If, if any of you feel gypped that we didn't watch the whole oh. show, please let us know about that. I'm sure we will welcome any comment about how um, it really doesn't seep into your bones until episode 90.
0: Yeah, um, rather we should say if you feel cheated or scammed...
1: Oh yes, better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you feel scammed in any way you were Mm -hmm. tuning in because you expected a full six season (laughs) assessment.
0: Episode by episode breakdown.
1: Then we can We're not doing that. We we Um because to be
0: fair, you know, you don't you don't need it with this show. Oh, okay, first of all, um I'm Paige. I'm Chris, and this is Animates, and today we're covering Animaniacs.
1: We almost stole their name.
0: I know, right? I was thinking about as we were watching this. I'm like, oh, we were like working off the same like kind of pun, weren't we? <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. So my biggest, I, I, in my memory, the only part of any <laughs> Animaniacs that I remembered. Was the Warner Brothers and Sisters, so the Warner siblings, mm-hmm. and that's like the three wacky animal ambiguous what the fuck are they mm-hmm. trio? But mm-hmm. Animaniacs is a variety show, and it's got Pinky and the Brain in it, and it's also that's got, where Pinky
0: and the Brain came
1: from. Which I, I, if I had bothered to assess my memory at all, that would have come out, but. No, really, the the Warner siblings are only a third to two thirds of the show, and the rest is Sammy. The I love Sammy the Squirrel.
0: Slappy the Squirrel is Slappy. the best part of the show. Slappy, Slappy, Slappy the, s- the Squirrel is definitely the best segment.
1: And then we've got the Good Feathers, which is mm-hmm. the good fella pun on Three Pigeons. <laughs> <laughs> there are so. Many fucking puns, Paige.
0: It's almost, it's I would al- say that the show is roughly 90% pun. I,
1: I, okay, I love puns. Any, anybody who knows me will tell you that I pun and dad a lot. And it was too I believe much for me.
0: Me too, because I believe, Chris, that maybe one of the foundations of our friendship is a love of puns. And it was too many puns for me. <laughs>
1: Like it. There's a point where uh, the puns are always done as a gag at another character's expense. Like almost always, <laughs> and they get really frustrated because every time they try and say something, the Warner twin, the Warner siblings make a pun off of <laughs> their, off of their <clears throat> statement, whatever it is. The poor,
0: long-suffering
1: Doctor Scratch and Sniff. And you're you're just the thing in your head is. Just get to the point. Let him finish what he wants to say.
0: hmm Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's part of the reason why... Like, I... Part of the reason that I only watched a handful of episodes of this show is that I don't... I didn't enjoy the vast majority of Warner Siblings segments... <laughs> I just thought that they were annoying and awful people. I was like, you are just bad people. <laughs> like, I don't think you're funny. You're just bad people and you're making everyone else's lives difficult.
1: So there is something to be said about how they are like chaos incarnate. And oh yeah. I, I'm not convinced that they collectively make up like the personality <laughs> of an eldritch God.
0: Yeah, they're soup- They're chaotic neutral for sure. And they,
1: uh, they do help some people, and they do... Bo- okay, before we get up, because this is going to kind of get into content, and I want to talk mm-hmm. a little bit about the background of the show first. Yeah, let's so, do that. So Animaniacs, to me, feels like a show where uh, everybody sat down and said, we need a Looney Tunes for the modern age. Mm-hmm. And that is what this show became, because Bugs Bunny, Looney Tunes, I I always, he's always the first character I go to. Looney Tunes was a variety show with Uh different gags and skits. And the Animaniacs is a modern homage to that particular style of show, down to the use of historical figures and periods Music uh, of the pop same... Pop cultural
0: figures.
1: Yeah, so instead of making fun of Leopold, they're making fun of... Uh, oh my God, his name is on the tip of my tongue, Mel Gibson.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Or uh, yeah. In fun of, instead of making fun of some opera singer, they're making fun of Sigourney Weaver from Alien. Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, there's tons of like pretty much every episode has celebrities and it and it's important to note I think also with this whole Looney Tunes homage, it's this is a Warner Brothers property even though it originally aired on Fox Kids it was always a Warner Brothers property which means that they had complete rights to reference any other Warner Brothers property without any issue so they're co- they explicitly reference the Looney Tunes all the time like you'll see in the background like little figurines of Bugs Bunny and stuff like that
1: I mean some of the characters make appearances background mm-hmm. characters like in the first episode Porky the Pig shows mm-hmm. up and is like coming into the lot the Warner Brothers lot so yeah. this this show aired in nineteen ninety-three, so all of the pop culture references, a lot of them are ones I still get. If a fair amount
0: of them. If only
1: because I consumed post-1990 uh pop culture, probably from the 70s onwards, I get a lot of the jokes. Like the Alien Mm -hmm. joke with Sigourney Weaver. I get that because I watched Alien Aliens the third alien, which is better than people give it credit for. Fight me. <laughs> Go ahead. People will. I don't care. So this show <laughs> ran from 93 to 98. Originally, that was like its original new episode run. And it was created by Tom Ruger. But the, the biggest name attached to the Animaniacs is Steven Spielberg who was the executive producer. It says on the opening title screen from... Steven
0: Spielberg's Animaniacs, yeah.
1: So he, Steven Spielberg, shows up drawn into the show occasionally. Yeah, he's the Pope one time. And um, the Animaniacs are always well-behaved for him.
0: Yeah. It's kind of like, it's like wow is this man's ego really <laughs> that large <laughs> that he shows up in the show as the fucking pope and like because the pope bit is like yeah they're making a big joke about everyone yelling like his eminence his eminence isn't you know and everyone's like falling all over themselves to like respect him and then it's steven fucking spielberg you know and then the warner siblings behave for him and i'm like, dude. Dude, come on. Like, you're not poking fun at yourself at all here. Your ego is massive.
1: Well, I, 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 I have to say that maybe he earned it, Paige.
0: <laughs> Whatever. This is not a play. I'm not going to come here and debate Steven Spielberg.
1: <laughs> so the, the show had 99 episodes. Which is and- too many. Well, and I was like, you know, is this kind of like the situation where it's one of the previous shows we did where they had like 65 episodes, but each episode was, that was recess, was like 10 minutes long. Mm-hmm. No. no, 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 no. This is 99 full length episodes.
0: With wildly variable numbers of episodes per season. The first season had like 65 episodes. Season three, I think, had four episodes.
1: Well, so the story behind that is that the show was only intended to run for 65 episodes because apparently that was the magic number for syndication. Oh. And they... People really liked the show. So they said, well... It can already be syndicated, whatever. Let's go ahead and make some more. But what started happening is that after that, the show's kid following kind of dropped off and they started getting adults watching the show. And Uh. despite the popularity that it had, that pissed off their advertisers because they were advertising toys to kids. Sure. And so they weren't advertising to the right audience. And so they said, (laughs) we don't like this. And eventually they just stopped ordering new episodes and used like junk storyboards and leftover scripts in order to to make new episodes. And then it eventually was canceled.
0: Yeah. Okay. That makes sense to me. I mean, because the humor, as much as you can say like, All cartoons are made by adults, so all cartoons contain adult content, whether it be humor, themes, etc. But, like, the humor of Animaniacs, even in these early – I watched really early episodes. I watched, like, the first ten episodes, is aggressively adult. There's, like, aggressively – like, the 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 amount of sexual humor in this show is, like – off the charts
1: well even just require it like complete like the, the words used are probably an 8th maybe even 10th grade vocabulary they sing a lot of songs they make a lot of pop culture references that kids aren't really gonna get like they reference Les Mis mm-hmm. and, and they're singing songs that are like homages to Les Mis songs and you're like well kids not gonna freaking know that
0: Yeah, there's an entire segment that's just a reference to Pirates of Penzance.
1: Yeah, which, which, it's pretty great, honestly. It is actually
0: good, that segment's good.
1: They, they do Maria, not, oh my god, West Side Story, I was, they sing the song, Maria, but they, Mm -hmm. the, the Good Feathers have a Greaser, or an Outsiders slash West Side Story story storyline. But
0: mm-hmm. um or like the so one of the like few Warner Siblings jokes that I actually liked is um there's a moment where Dr. Scratch and says, I take umbrage with that, and Yakko says, Oh sure, take all the umbrage for yourself, don't leave any for the rest of us. And it's like a child does not understand why that's funny. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that, that doesn't make any sense to a kid.
1: That's from the first episode, too.
0: Is it? Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. the
1: intro. The show has too many voices for me to list.
0: No, none of them really jumped out, at me. I'm sure that like some of them are very famous and very you know well known people, but none of them jumped out at me. It wasn't people that I recognize either because they're celebrities outside of the show or because I know of them from other shows. Well,
1: okay. So the vo- one of the voices of the Good Feathers, is the same guy from Home Alone. It's Mark. I've never
0: seen Home Alone. Oh my! I have no desire to see Home Alone. Get out! I'm sorry. Actually, you know what? I'm not. I'm not sorry for that. It is a hilarious movie. I prefer Macaulay Culkin's later work.
1: Oh my God! (laughs) My cat is looking at me with the disdain that I wish I could look at you (laughs) with.
0: Okay, but, um, so actually, it turns out a lot of the writers, I don't really know many of their names either, but a lot of them have their own Wikipedia pages, which, you know, says a little bit of something. Um, Way more of the writers came from a sketch comedy background than came from an animation background.
1: And it shows.
0: It does. They thought of it as a sketch comedy show, um, you know, with variable length in segments um most of that like a lot of them weren't stories a lot of them were parodies or songs or this that and the other um which like has its charms but regarding that specifically one of the writers has been quoted as literally saying we weren't really there to tell compelling stories which is how he started off a quote about something that he thought was good about the writer's ri- room of Animated X. And so when he says, we weren't uh, we weren't really there to tell compelling stories. I'm like, yeah, you don't need to fucking tell me that. <laughs> it shows.
1: Paige and I are obviously biased towards storytelling in cartoons. Yeah, for
0: sure. For sure. And maybe that's just because... You know, in the 2000s and in this decade, we've had so many cartoons with really, really rich storytelling, which is a lot of what makes me love the genre. But, you know, I just – they're just – they're trying to be Looney Tunes rather than try and tell a story or have, you know, characters really with any kind of depth to them even. And you just can't be – we already have Looney Tunes. You just can't be Looney Tunes, you know?
1: I would... One, one thing that you could argue is that... Uh, institutional racism aside... Looney Tunes <laughs> had a lot of elegance.
0: Oh, it did. It. Some of the finest animation of all time. It holds up... Be- other than... The super racist shit... That's in Looney Tunes... <laughs> Um, which I really respect what WB does about it. They throw up a card that shows, you know, that, that this contains racism. Like, it's important to examine things in the context of their time and also not to pretend that they didn't happen, right? I respect that. Um, aside from that shit, Looney Tunes holds up really well.
1: The, I mean, the music, the music is good and the, the drawing is good. And, and just, there's, there's an elegance <laughs> to a lot of it. There's not a lot of elegance to Roadrunner, but a lot of the Bugs Bunny stuff. But that's
0: the that's the point. Uh, Wile E. Coyote and the Roadrunner, the point is that there's not elegance to it. And the Animaniacs is just all that.
1: It's all Roadrunner. Yeah. Runner.
0: And, yeah. And,
1: and I feel like that fit the cartoon style of the time for sure, but it just isn't as good. Yeah. It just doesn't hit the same buttons.
0: Yeah, and that's like part of the reason that I kind of just was like, oh, all right, I don't really need to watch any more of this. I get it was because not only is there no storytelling, there's no plot, there's never you're never going to see an episode where you're like, oh, man, like that plot was amazing or whatever. There's the characters aren't compelling. The characters are very rough sketches. You know, they're the care, and like I said, you know that's one thing in Looney Tunes, but um, I don't really need another Looney Tunes. You know, the the characters don't have any depth to them at all. They're very rough sketches. They're very surface level, and I'm like, well, yeah, this is funny, but how many episodes do I want to watch of of this show, which is just a uh, to me, a lesser version of the Looney Tunes when I could go watch either the Looney Tunes or something with compelling characters or compelling storytelling.
1: There's, it's hard, I, I feel like it's hard to binge. And, and that, obviously, Paige and I have to binge in order mm-hmm. to get through our schedule on time. And it's just not very good about that because I, I feel like this is true of any sketch comedy, is they kind of bleed together mm-hmm. in a really like, it's like, um, I don't know. There's some things that are very plot heavy, that binging is easy because the plot changes and watching it evolve is great. Mm-hmm. And sketch comedy shows don't really evolve
0: very No, quickly. absolutely not. Like
1: even some of my favorites, like Key and Peel, they, they are consistently good, but when you binge them, they all just sort of bleed together and there's not one episode where i'm like i was feeling great during this yeah. episode i remember particular yeah. sketches but the show just kind of i don't know it just doesn't feel like binging is a good way to watch sketch comedy and so that's not necessarily animaniacs fault because they didn't have binge watching that yeah it
0: just didn't exist you know that's not it's not their fault, <laughs> you know, that like we watch things differently now.
1: Well, um, truthfully, they would have been put between different styles of cartoons. So, oh, yeah. When it had come on, perhaps it would have been more pleasant to watch if you hadn't seen an Animaniacs episode right before watching another Animaniacs episode.
0: I'm trying to remember because I didn't really watch the WB That much, but I feel like it was between Tiny Toons and Freakazoid, is where it was. Yes. So, actually, not really. It wasn't really between different styles of cartoons.
1: Well, I can do, I'll try and do a little bit more research in the future.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's hard to say because it could have been completely. Different, you know, like networks like that, they will show things in different ways in different places. Like apparently Jeopardy is not on at 7 p.m., you know, everywhere in the country Um, and right before Wheel of Fortune everywhere, like it always was everywhere I ever lived. Um, So it could just be that where I lived, based on my really vague memory of a network I barely watched, it was on between those those shows and that wasn't the case other places.
1: Yeah, they would have, they definitely would have had Freakazoid on there, but I I know that they might have had comic book shows or other, that were kind of story-based a little bit.
0: Yeah. So perhaps this is
1: just our fatigue of avenging.
0: For sure, for sure.
1: But even then, like, we... I, I feel like it's important to do this style of show because these shows were nonetheless affecting kids, mm. um, and there there are some things in here that are good. For example, exposure to historical figures—you uh, know, a little bit of information about them. Like you get to meet Picasso, you get to meet Michelangelo, who was a total bro. Um,
0: Which is the opposite of who Michelangelo was in real life. He was a giant queer.
1: (laughs) You get to meet, like, Albert Einstein. You you get exposed to some historical figures, and they do little educational songs. Like, they sing about the size of the universe, which was pretty cool. They sing about the countries in the world.
0: Very outdated song now.
1: Yeah, a lot of those states have changed. Or there mm-hmm. are more, but mm-hmm. they they do little historical things which are nice, and they do sing a lot, which is good, and they sing fairly com- complex music, or they use historical music, much like Looney Tunes did, and I think that that is all good. It's all good stuff. It's not going to be like it's the best, but <laughs> there's some good stuff on there. There is also some problematic stuff on there too, yeah. which I was mm-hmm. trying. I was trying to note that the comedies, it's good. Like there, there are times where I'm like, okay, that's pretty clever, or the some mm-hmm. of the puns. When there's they, when good
0: wordplay.
1: When they yeah, there's good wordplay for sure. They definitely were careful about that. But yeah.
0: The, Are the, we going to talk about Hello Nurse now? <laughs> yeah, so the one of the most... So
1: something that's kind of the epitome of the show, things that people remember and have been adopted in pop, like popular culture and other shows or whatever, has been Hello Nurse. <laughs> yep. Which is uh, Yakko and Wacko, the two male Warner siblings. Which, okay, which, by the way... The joke always goes, we're the Warner Brothers. And then Dot has And there's has the, to Warner go. Sister, and the Warner sister, Dot. And the Warner sister. I, um, they never just say the fucking Warner siblings. And it drives, it drove me up a wall.
0: They yeah, and it's say, like.
1: Siblings. Yeah,
0: I get, it's the Warner Brothers. Ha 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 ha. Just make them all boys then. Like, come on. All three of those characters are based on boys. They're based on the sons of the creator of the show. um, Which, all three of them, like, they all have really distinct personalities.
1: Also, Wacko (laughs) sounds like Paul McCartney. Why is he
0: Liverpudlian? Why does he have a Liverpudlian accent? For no reason at all. Because. That,
1: because is the reason. Because.
0: Yeah. Also, what distinct, like... What distinguishes Wacko from Yakko is that Wacko is kind of dumber and he has a Liverpudlian accent. And what distinguishes Dot from them is that she's a girl and she's cute.
1: She's a girl. That's like, her character is just girl.
0: Yeah, it's literally just girl.
1: It's their like style they, Like, when
0: asked to state something about her personality, she says that she's cute.
1: Yeah, it's... it's one of the others dressed in a dress... Their, their style of comedy, but I'm a girl.
0: Yeah. It's, like, she, like, will occasionally roll her eyes when they do the Hello Nurse bit. Or, like, when Mel Gibson is around, like, she wants to, like, fuck Mel Gibson,
1: you know? You know she'll, she'll just be sexually aggressive towards a male.
0: Yeah. It's the same bit, only it's, you know... Ha-ha, girl. Reversed, yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, Hello Hello, Nurse nurse never speaks. Yeah, she does. Barely. At least Uh, in the episodes I watched.
1: She speaks more and more in her... She's not always a nurse. Um, Really? She was a general in an episode where Yakko takes over a kingdom. He's heir to a kingdom. And (laughs) Anvilia. Oh, God. And they make anvils. (laughs) Um, But he is... The king, and he gets into a war, and the Hello Nurse lady, and I don't have a name for her, so I have to call That's her. That's not her name.
0: Everyone Hello. just refers to her as Hello Nurse. Even the Wikipedia page refers to the character as Hello Nurse. And she's
1: she's a general who gives pretty sound advice that Yakko doesn't listen to.
0: <laughs>
1: so, okay. Um, she She does speak, but it's sparse.
0: Yeah, she is a, um... Bustly. She's a blonde bombshell. She's got, like, giant titties and, like, uh, waist the size of a toothpick and big red lips and blonde hair. She
1: would have been painted on the side of a World War II plane or... Yeah.
0: For sure. For sure. Yeah, so, I don't know. Yeah. That, you know, there's, like, a lot of gender stuff in the show that I think is really problematic,
1: um, Which I'm wondering how much to get into it because a lot of it is the sa- like a lot of it is of the same variety we've seen before.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just like there's a lot of like, There's not very many female characters in the show. The major female character in the show is like, she doesn't have a personality at all. There's sexualization of women. And then the other female characters who do get to have a personality, they are like, masculine. You know, they're like... What? I'm sorry? There's
1: a nun. Oh, is there? Yeah, and she's like stereotypical nun.
0: Okay. Yeah, and then there's like Slappy and Rita and like Rita Ooh, just kinda of seems like great. Slappy's great. Slappy's a great character. So Slappy's Squirrel like that.
1: is a retired actor. She used to be in a, in a show, like a Looney Tunes style show. Mm-hmm. And we follow her just doing aunt. She's also an aunt to a little squirrel mm-hmm. like a little squirrel boy and we watch her walk around and be really like eh. <laughs> she's got this like nice gravelly voice it's fantastic and she's she's um she's not taking anybody's shit
0: it's a meta classic cartoon is what it is is you take the concept of a classic like looney tune um you know pretend like they do in the show that like those were actors. the cartoons existed and were actors, right? And then um, deconstruct all of the, like, tropes of classic cartoons through the old person who used to act in those cartoons. And so that's why it's the best bit. It's, re- it's really good because, you know, she'll be with her nephew and is like, oh, yeah, we got to deal with this big mean dog who hates us. And she'll just be kind of wryly commenting on every trope that you would see in an episode of the Looney Tunes where they're dealing with, the- where the cat or the squirrel is dealing with the big mean dog.
1: There's this great bit where... She takes her nephew to the movies, and they see, like, a Bambi movie, and her nephew gets really upset when Bambi's mom gets shot. Oh, jeez. And she says, listen, it's just a movie. Nobody really died. And she takes her nephew out of the theater because she they're getting yelled at by this lady who also likes to go, well, oh, Never. And so they go outside, and Slappy's like, listen, it's a cartoon. Nobody ever really gets hurt in a cartoon. And she proceeds to take this stock dog character, give him a bomb, drop an anvil on him, run him over with a train. And then at the end of it, she, like, pokes the, the dog. Oh, he gets a house dropped on him, a la... Uh, <clears throat> uh oh, my God! Wizard of Oz, and she lifts up the house, and she's like, "You're okay, aren't you?" And the dog is like, "Never felt better." Um, <laughs> but the whole point is that she's like deconstructing cartoon physics, basically, yeah. for her nephew to be like, "Don't be sad about this, this uh, you know character in this movie," and the kid has a meta statement to say back to her, but that's a movie, not a cartoon. And <laughs> he's totally right. I was like, yeah. wow, damn. You know what? That You're right. True. Bambi's
0: mom did die. Yeah, and, like, also, what this is getting off track, but, like, the people who made Bambi, like, made a very specific point about how it was, like, a big thing that had never happened in a Disney movie before, where something, like, very real and visceral happens, and there's no magic, and there's no fairy dust, and it's not... It's not gonna change. You can't get it back. Bambi's mom is really dead. You know, um... It's the magic of the circle of life. (laughs) Um, and that's, like... And I think that was a big deal for a lot of us as children, too. But the meta-commentary is so true, because, like, you know... Disney pretty much... uh, definitely did, maybe not still, but definitely did, like, have um, the market really cornered on feature-length animation. And in Disney films, cartoon logic of that sort, from, like, Looney Tunes and stuff like that, does not apply.
1: No, not at all. Like, not... The only place that it kind of applies is the Emperor's New Groove*.
0: Yeah. Comic relief characters, you get a little bit of it, you know, um, like c- the comic relief character in a, in a, you know, a Disney movie can get like whacked on the head and stuff like that and have it, you know, not really be that much of a problem for them. But for the most part, that kind of logic doesn't apply.
1: Yeah. 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 So that's why slappy is the best sketch.
0: Yeah, Sloppy's for sure the best sketch. Pinky and the Brain is a second place, like, because it's just, like, you know, the, like, everyone can appreciate a couple of, you know, foils interacting with one another, right? Um, so Pinky and the Brain's pretty good, but not really a huge fan of really any of the other segments.
1: Good, Good Feathers is, like, it's a bunch of Italian-sounding guys Mm -hmm. doing organized crime but pigeons
0: yeah and it's just kind of mediocre and also I'm like I don't think a kid would think that this is funny at all because you could only get it if you like know about like who Joe Pesci is because one of the characters is like just an impression of Joe Pesci like you know like only if you know like about mob movies is the only way to find any of this funny at all even though it's not really that funny it's pretty mediocre so I don't think a kid would enjoy it at all
1: and then there's uh, Rita, the cat, and the dog. Um, yeah. That, Rita sings a lot, so that segment is generally the vehicle for a lot of the musical numbers. Mm-hmm. That's why mm-hmm. I really liked it. And they're good. They're good. They're high quality. I, I don't think they're they're funny,
0: but they are cultured. Sure. Sure. Um, segment I fucking hate, actually, is, what's the one with the, the baby and the dog? Oh, yeah, I don't like Dogs and buttons. God, I hate those. Ah, I mean, like, I don't know why I hate them so much. They're just, like, not good, but, like, they irritate me. <laughs> like, oh, lord. Well, because it's yeah. like, it's
1: like the dog worked so hard to protect the kid, and then he gets shat on by the mom. Yeah, what the fuck? Like, I'm like, this This dog goes on an odyssey to protect this kid, and then the lady comes out and is like, wow, you did the thing that I told you not to do, when in reality it was the baby that did the thing that he wasn't supposed mm-hmm. to do. It's like, no treat for you. And I'm sitting over here thinking, wow, fuck you, lady. Yeah. yeah.
0: Fuck that baby. Free buttons.
1: We're very... Very pro buttons here.
0: We're pro dog. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so I don't know, but yeah, those are the seg. those are really the segments that I enjoyed. I I will say that the animation, we don't talk a ton about like animation itself. We do sometimes. It depends on the show, the animation itself. While I don't find it, the, like the style of it is not like the most visually compelling. Um, To me, mostly because, you know, it's a it's a knockoff. Um, It is very high quality animation.
1: Um, They do a lot of cool like 3D shots
0: mm -hmm,
1: of traveling through like a hallway. And really, if you had asked me without knowing when the show premiered, based on its look, when do you think the show premiered? I would have said 98,
0: 99. You think?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um,
0: well, apparently it used a higher number of cells than most television animation. And it, it's it's noted for, I will say, an aspect of it that is like more visually compelling is it's um, there are very few static shots. Very rarely do characters simply stand and talk to each other. It's very fluid movement. Everything's constantly in motion. Um, and so I think when I say I don't find it visually compelling, it's because it is intentionally meant to, to look like Looney Tunes and it's like, well, there's nothing like I've seen this before. Right. Um, but in terms of the skill that went into it, um, it's very, very high quality.
1: Yeah. It's like, um, saying that you really like a video game has good graphics, but a crappy art style, it's like, yeah. oh, wow, look, these lines are so smooth, and these figures are so put together, but it's, mm-hmm. like, cell shaded and you're like, ew, cell cel- shading or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. People are going to get mad at me. I'm actually a huge fan of cell shading but... Uh,
0: yeah, I was about to say, isn't that what Borderlands is like? Because Borderlands yes, is fucking beautiful. Yes, and
1: cel-shading is often thought of as sort of a shortcut to make things look really good, but keep costs down, because... Oh, okay. Anyway, so th- I agree with Paige. I agree with, I-, I would have said the same things.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like if they had done, because like about one once an episode, there's a really cool shot where you're like, oh, what a neat shot, right? You know, it's like some kind of like 3D shot or like panoramic or something like that. But basically, if they had taken all of the like really high quality stuff that they did with that animation and drawn in a style that was unique to that show, you know, it would have been cool because it's like, you know, the animation for Animaniacs, even though it was made in the 90s, probably is technically more high quality than, like, say, Adventure Time. But I find Adventure Time much more visually compelling.
1: Right. It's stylistic choices versus graphics.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
1: And I feel like if they, if they had just released themselves from need to get to be Looney Tunes mm-hmm. they 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 really could have drawn something unique
0: yeah it's like everybody look at avatar and now you know what to do <laughs> you know but don't
1: ever do it quite the same because then because then, it
0: then is, it's just avatar and
1: then it's just avatar right
0: yeah yeah sorry that's just like my go-to example of like for people who aren't super into cartoons, I'm like, okay, do you want to want to show a show that's just like fucking technically beautiful? Right? You know, because it's just like, uh, we'll get to that show and we'll talk about it there. But
1: as far as uh, I don't know how much there is to say politically. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, I mean, I
0: feel like there was, you know, because it's like, also, since I didn't watch that many episodes, it's been a little while since I watched them. But, uh, you know, I mean, I suppose if I wanted to, like, sit down and look at specific segments and find, you know, a specific segment that had a political message in it, um, I could. But I think that Animaniacs was trying really intentionally to be sort of apolitical. Which I think is really reflective of the time period in the same way that, like, Doug's lack of political uh, content, I think, was reflective of the time period. Um, Because when you look at Looney Tunes, they were, these movies were shown between, like, war newsreels and movies, you know, so they're super political often um they're frequently you know in the sense like portraying like military conflicts you know you can find a ton of political looney tunes episodes whereas you know this show it's made from 93 to 98 so the first you know uh five years of my life all during the clinton administration you know it's uh it's and before the lewinsky scandal
1: The Um, the most political thing they do is Yakko tells some yaks while Clinton plays his sax. While Bill Clinton
0: plays the sax, yeah. And
1: that's, like, as political as they get.
0: Yeah. And it's also, like, really telling about the time period, right? Um, Because, you know, for those of you who don't... I think everyone knows this, but for those of you who don't know, um, Clinton, like, famously went on Arsenio Hall and played the saxophone. Um... And it was one of the ways that he was like the cool president, you know, he played the saxophone. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's very, you know, if you go episode by episode, or if you go segment by segment, um, and really you would only really find it probably in segments with the Warner siblings and not one of the other segments with more specific formulas to them you can find little things like for example in the countries of the world song uh they list taiwan which is not a given that is that is a political statement like to include taiwan as a country in the countries of the world song is choosing a side politically but then again to not include it might be considered choosing a side also um
1: and it was the position of the United States at the time to recognize Taiwan wasn't it
0: I don't remember it's gone back and forth um, because of there. no it wasn't because we were still doing one China I think we've done one China like since Nixon
1: okay so then it, yeah it would have been and who knows that could have been something where somebody, somebody who just gave them the list of countries decided to put it on there
0: yeah, for sure. Unintentionally
1: yeah. political.
0: Yeah, and so you can find, or like little episode where, you know, like, cl- the show has no respect for the field of psychology or psychiatry. Oh, at,
1: well, <laughs> so and it's all it's all psychoanalysis. It's all mm-hmm. Freud. Yeah. Even in the 1990s, which at that point, were are way past Freud, but culture, cultural media definitely wasn't.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so you can find that, but I think as for, for the most part, it's it's compl- it's completely apolitical, um, which is e- even though so much of the comedy is directed at adults, and even though at a certain part in making the show they know that it's mostly adults watching and they're playing into that, there's still like no political content because it's being made. In the 1990s, strong economy, cool guy president, post-Soviet Union, end of history. Francis Fukuyama is completely correct. <laughs> I, I, you know. Every
1: time I hear end of history, I just, in in my heart, I laugh so hard. Even
0: that, like, even fucking Francis Fukuyama, this year Fukuyama was like, right. I was, that was, <laughs> I was dumb wrong. and I was wrong. It's like, cool, I still don't respect you, but.
1: <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah, Animal
0: history. Who says that? I don't. Francis Fukuyama. <laughs> but um. yeah, so it's just like completely, you know, it's a thing. It's it's something that frustrates me about a lot of stuff from that time period. It's it's this way in Animaniacs. It was the same way with Doug. It's just completely apolitical, amoral, even lacking. You know, um, we're, we're the the viewpoint of um, mainstream America is to lack a viewpoint, right?
1: I think that if I had to pick apart anything that I would be worried about kids taking away, it's ugh, violence. This is a yeah. ton, this is a weird conversation because I like a lot of quote unquote violent media, but mm-hmm. and I'm not a particularly violent person, but it's it's the solving problems with violence and. Mm-hmm the the gender stuff, but yeah. it all happens so fast, and mm-hmm. so disorientingly. I don't know how much you really retain from this. Like, I feel like other media are much more problematic in that regard. In this sort yeah. of like slap slapstick style, I just don't know how much kids even knew what was happening. And internalized it. I, I, if we if we had to look at Hello Nurse, it's like yeah, that's really shitty. But guess what? Um, there are other shows that are doing worse, or other toys. It's like Barbies had way more of an influence on girls' image than oh, Hello Nurse sure. did.
0: Yeah. I should have I should have researched to see if there were any like scaremongering articles at the time about like animatronics being bad for kids' attention spans. Well, and
1: that's that's going to be one of those culture war arguments where people are like, "Oh, look at the elegance of Looney Tunes," and now we've got this ten second garbage. How will the that's, children? I kind learn? of feel that way, honestly. <laughs> Well, okay, but it's not the 10-minute the episode thing that's the
0: problem. Oh, no, no. Um, yeah, but I know they have segments that are less than a minute, and when Sesame Street first came on air, um, people were freaking out um, that, you know, Sesame Street was going to ruin kids' attention span because they had 60-second segments. Um, you know, today we have commercials that are 15 seconds, but... I just wonder. In addition to having these really, into having like variable length uh, segments, some of which can be less than a minute long, and how quickly things move within segments, I wonder. I should have looked it up. I wonder if people were like, "Oh, this is going to ruin kids' attention span."
1: That's one of those things that like people believe, but you—it's not true. You don't really affect attention spans based on the yeah. length of a show's segments. Like that's just not mm-hmm. a thing. <laughs> anyway yeah
0: it's just that's not how brains
1: that's not how brains work it's not how cognition mm-hmm. works
0: so thank you chris thank you, you dr know, chris you bet, <laughs> you bet your ass
1: <laughs> I, I yeah d- but yeah uh I, like i said even the problematic stuff i'm like it just passes so fast and so inconsequentially that i i would, would I have a kid watch the show uh maybe like if, if it's like in between two uh, serious shows sure I wouldn't have people binge it and mm-hmm. if my kid really responded to it positively I'd be like you know what okay that's fine just be aware that not we shouldn't expect women to be hello nurse
0: yeah
1: and I'd leave it at that <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't really think the show is, like, harmful, you know, from a psychological perspective, from a political perspective, even from an ability to enjoy animation perspective, I don't think it's harmful. I just think it's not very good.
1: Some people would say the worst thing for art to be is nothing. Neither, to evoke neither a positive, strongly positive, nor strongly negative reaction. If that oh, were I our mean, rubric, animates or <laughs> animaniacs would, would fail.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's either just like not very good. I mean, aside from a few segments, which I like did enjoy, like slapping the squirrel, it's either just not very good or kind of annoying.
1: And I, I feel like, some people at this point might be asking, well, if your shows to deconstruct the political and psychological factors that surround education, why did you pick this show? And People I,
0: fucking love this show for some reason. That's a why. Lot of, yeah,
1: a lot of people mentioned it. It popped up in my head when I suggested it. See, and that's the thing, is that Paige and I, we think, you know, what would be some shows we want to do? And when we do that, we're going from our historical like our memories of things mm-hmm. not as how they really were and i think that that fits our show's perspective of like adults retrospectively re-consuming animation and so For that sure the choice to go do it is a product of having watched the show so mm-hmm. in that regard that's still an important exercise and it it the fact that we go back and, like, archaeologists say, you know what, after re-uncovering this, I really don't know what kid, like, why kid me remembered it so much like I did.
0: Yeah, like, that was why, like, I'm sure that you, you could tell in the Doug episode that I was actually kind of frustrated with the show, and part of the reason was that, like, I remembered that show super fondly. I really loved that show as a kid, and I remembered it as a really good show, and to go watch it and be like, oh, this is kind of just like a boring show, was really disappointing to me, and really really frustrating, actually. Well, and... and, um,
1: When we go back and watch the show kind of anew... Uh, granted, our perspectives have changed. And I mm-hmm. feel like this will highlight a key factor, which is kids watch cartoons differently than adults do, even um, yes. understanding content aside. So, for example, as an adult, when you watch animation, you... You, by now, were sort of used to animation being everywhere. Mm -hmm. But as a kid, you that was less pervasive. Or you had life experience still ready to be opened to you. And so cartoons were novel just by being what they were. And that adds enjoyment. And it adds stuff that as adults doesn't satisfy the same way or we're looking for different things content didn't matter as much um it mattered but not you know having a plot uh, didn't seem to matter as much as it does now
0: yeah or it's like I don't know, as a kid, maybe there were times where I viscerally felt something, but I don't think I, as a kid, or any child I've ever known, really has thoughts about, like, the animation style of a cartoon, you know?
1: Oh, no, it's very simple psychological like or dislike. It's, that's, that's about as complicated as it has to be.
0: Yeah, pretty much it's like... I had no problem with the fact that my mom didn't want me to watch Ed 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 and Nettie because I thought it looked yucky. I didn't like the way that it looked, and so I didn't want to watch it. You know, um, but, like, there – or, for example, a few months ago, I got really hyped because Totally Spies was on Netflix now. And I remember really liking Totally Spies. I – started playing an episode and immediately turned it off because it looked like fucking garbage. The animation was complete trash. It was like, how did I enjoy this as a child? And I did not remember that when I remembered totally spies, that the animation looked like shit, you know, because it doesn't matter to a child.
1: Yeah. I feel like as a kid, you, you can bypass the quality and just enjoy the aesthetic. Oh, for sure. Whereas an adult that like the quality is a gatekeeper to enjoying the aesthetic. Mm -hmm. of a show it's like if a show's aesthetic is really cool but the animation is garbage we're just like i can't do it
0: oh for sure for sure yeah i mean yeah or like also like so i've been watching wee bear bears recently um which i think is actually a great show i would really like to cover it at some point but the animation itself is a huge part of my enjoyment of the show because like the bears are so blobby they're so round and I just can't deal with it I don't know why it's it just just affects me so much the way that the bears are animated I the show has great content but I don't think I would enjoy it as much if the bears were animated differently from how they are
1: (laughs) yeah so I in, in this regard even though we go back and we're like well animaniacs doesn't really have that much psychological or political content to digest. And you might Uh say, viewer, well, what did you expect? I would have said, you know what? I didn't really expect a whole lot out of it, but I am kind Uh of still nonetheless surprised that there's not a lot for us to go on, but that was an exercise. We can now say definitively that we are looking at all animation, not just the animation that we liked or that we believe is good fodder. I feel Mm -hmm. like that... I don't know. I would like to do a retrospective on uh, most animation, not just the stars or the greaties, like Mm -hmm. the greats, or the things that are going to make for completely super dynamic discussions. But... They don't have to be long, but I do still want to give them their their shake, their fair shake.
0: For sure. So to speak. Absolutely. Like, of course, I do want to watch shows that are really excellent and that are fodder for really dynamic discussion. But you know, I mean, that also a lot of that has to do with taste. You know, there might be shows that other people are interested to hear our take on that we end up like not having a lot to say. About, you know, but that doesn't mean that we just like should ignore those other shows that other people find something in and enjoy. And, you know, maybe if we get to a show that you really enjoy and you really think that there's a lot of content to and our discussion of it is that we don't think that there's very much to it or that we don't like it or that we don't have a lot to say, you know, you can email, you can, you can email us, you can hit us up on Facebook or Twitter and let us know, like, please don't be mean, but and just let us know, like, well, I actually think that, um, you know, I don't agree with your perspective and here's what I think is actually, you know, really rich about this show.
1: If somebody goes back and watches it and comes at us with a bunch of this stuff, I would be very happy.
0: Yeah, I would be really interested to hear it, for sure.
1: So that's your your charge, viewer.
0: This episode listener. has homework.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure we're going to have episodes with homework.
0: Oh, Maybe. certainly.
1: Uh, we're looking at you, Steven Universe. Hiatus is over in a week. Oh, God. Anyway, before we get too far into that, Paige and I are like, oh, my God, I need a room. I need a room. Steven Universe is back.
0: <laughs> Everybody um, leave me alone. I'm watching Steven Universe.
1: <laughs> they're not doing bombs. They're doing weekly releases.
0: What the fuck? Yep,
1: that's everybody's reaction. And I
0: didn't know that this was happening.
1: One episode a week.
0: What's going on?
1: Uh, uh, Sugar has... Sugar has done something... I don't know.
0: Uh, When's the movie happening?
1: Someday. That's all... That's the only date I will accept. Someday.
0: Uh, They were advertising the movie during the summer.
1: Yeah, well... They're gonna drop the movie in four parts each three months apart.
0: That's not a movie. That's just episodes. Nope.
1: nope. 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 That's how they're gonna do it. Calling it right now. Ugh. Future. Future. Us. Please tell us how it went.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> oh God. Okay, but, but yeah. yeah that's, I don't have. That's I, all I have to say about Animaniacs. Honestly.
1: Me too. Me too. I'm. I'm tapped out.
0: Yeah, I don't know. If you want to, like, watch the Looney Tunes, but not as good, like, X <laughs> is where you should go for that.
1: If you just want to watch it to prove us wrong, please be our guests.
0: Yeah, for sure. Like we said, we're willing to hear it. Um, but yeah, that's all we really got. Uh, as always, I've been Paige.
1: I've been Chris.
0: And this has been Animates. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Animates, like our Facebook page, Animates Podcast. You can shoot us an email, animates at gmail.com, with the numeral eight instead of the letters. Uh, and please, as always, subscribe and review the podcast. It really helps other people find it. Thanks for listening.